Hey everybody, this is Sean, and welcome to Capsule Production Podcast, Season 3, Episode 2. We are excited to bring you this episode, which will be the first of a two-part series. Our guest today is a UF alum with a BS in Biochemistry. She is Student Council President, CPFI President, a Student Ambassador, and a brother of Kappa Epsilon. She is a third-year pharmacy student who will be sharing her steps to success. Without further ado, please welcome Riley O'Donnell, who will be interviewed by Jobin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. This is your host, Jovan Lazo, 3PD here at the Orlando campus, University of Florida College of Pharmacy. And today we have a very, very, very special guest, Miss Riley O'Donnell. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. So, Riley, to start off, I want to know what is your daily routine? And the reason why I ask that is I feel like you're one of the better students here at our campus. You're a great representative of us. We know that you're a student ambassador. You have a lot of accolades to your name. And I feel like you're someone that a lot of students should try to model themselves after. So hopefully you can kind of just give us and explain to us like uh, your daily routine to help some of us that are maybe struggling in the curriculum or some of us that would like for a better daily routine to improve our work ethic right now in the curriculum. Well, thank you for the compliments. Um, I actually feel like I mess it up a lot, just like everybody (laughs) else. So don't think that I'm perfect. But for me, I'd say my typical routine looks like Waking up, usually skipping breakfast, which I know is a horrible decision. Um, yeah. So kudos to people. I don't who, advise that yeah. to people. <laughs> kudos to people who eat their breakfast because you should. Um, most important meal of the day. But I never skip my cup of coffee in the morning. So usually class or no class, I actually find myself on campus since it's the best place for me to focus in the day. And it's where I can get most things done. So for me, I would just suggest that Everyone's going to be different, but just find a place where, you know, you're going to be productive. So for me, daily routine would be being here on campus. If there's class, I'll go to class after maybe a meeting. Even if we're not having class or I don't have an organization meeting, it's the best place for me to watch lectures, get my notes done. I work on projects for the organizations. I check through all my emails. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's it's really just because this is the place where I can kind of view everything is okay. I'm getting my work done here. And then when I leave campus, I can go have my social life, get coffee, see friends and things like that. Um, So a lot of times I'll be here during the day. I usually take a late lunch break and I'd give myself some time to like drive home. I live a little bit far from the campus. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of like my downtime where I can listen to music or just relax on the way home. And then typically for me, so I'm a, I'm a student that I need to study a lot in order to understand the material. So majority of my day during our semesters is spent studying. Okay. So usually once I leave campus, I am definitely an encourager of the study group. So I have a few people in our class that we study almost every day together. And for me, it's a really great motivator because if I was by myself, I would probably stop studying sooner. But because I'm surrounded by friends who can motivate me and encourage me to stay in the material will usually end up like at a coffee shop or something till late at night studying and everything before we all go home. And so to the people listening that are not a part of our curriculum, basically it's like almost every day we have class, we have a quiz before we start mm-hmm. our class. Let's say today is Wednesday and you have a quiz on Friday. So you have a couple lectures to watch. Would you go ahead and watch the lectures and then study the slides or would you study the slides 
watch the lectures, and then do a study group on Thursday with your friends to go over everything. Maybe there's something you would miss, and then on Friday you feel like you're prepared for the quiz. Yeah, so for me, what usually works best, people are different learners. So mm -hmm. for me, I'm not a super auditory learner. So I watch the lectures so that I can get the extra content that's not printed on the slides. And I'll write a, okay. all those notes down. But oh, I, so you write down notes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I write down a lot of notes on the slides to pick up everything extra um, because I remember it by looking at it later. So I usually only watch the lectures one time. And I'll get all that extra information. And then for me, what works best is repetition. I read and reread and reread again all the different slides and things like that. Um, and that's what works best for okay. my ability to kind of comprehend things. And like I said, working with a study group, that helps me a ton because I'm one of those people that needs to talk things out to be able to read through slides with other students. And usually when I'm working with other students, that allows for questions that I didn't know that I had to come up, they might have gathered information that mm -hmm. I didn't quite catch in the lecture and I'm able to learn something that I didn't know that I didn't know kind of thing. And so that really helps to bring all the material together in the end. There are people who are very successful at being independent studiers. So like I said, people know what works for them and that's part of exactly, I think yeah. in your first year, you find that out, you try different things and figure out what works best. But for me, that definitely helps because I'll be sitting there and our friend from class will say something that I didn't think was a super important point, and it'll mm -hmm. end up being like on an exam, and I'll know it because that'll happen, yeah. That was something that they thought was important, um, and then it sticks in my brain because it's something that I heard them say as we were studying. So, so you mentioned how in your first year here that you felt like you kind of figured out your study method. Was there something that differed from something you tried first year and is not effective, so that's why you stopped it and you're doing this type of method of studying? I think I think the difference is actually more between what I did in my undergraduate mm. time and pharmacy school, because I would say in my undergraduate time, which I was also at UF then, but I was in Gainesville, I studied a lot by myself because you were in same. lecture halls, you know, with so many other students, and they're not always in the same major as you and, yep. and other things, and the classes moved pretty fast, so it was easier for me to just study by myself and get the material. However, I would say in pharmacy school, it moves so much quicker. There's a lot, like, there's a lot pace, yeah, yeah, there's a bigger density of material. Mm -hmm. And I just realized my limits and being able to cover it all on my own. So I would say that because you walk in first day, and you're already introduced to the idea of studying as a team, working as a team, being, you know, being, um, not so independent, I guess, for how we're learning in the classroom, that mm -hmm. kind of trickled into me learning how to study on a team. And for me, it kind of evolved into, I mean, I can still study by myself, but I've kind of learned to love studying with other people. And of course, it has to be a team that's productive while studying. So I know there's yes. some study groups where you can get there and think you're going to study the material and then it ends up being social hour which is always that's always <laughs> that's fun. happened to me before yeah that's always fun um but when you have an exam the next day you know that yeah that you need to it's crunch down time. And, yeah, yeah. It's crunch time. <laughs> um so for me i'm very lucky because i work with people who are able to keep me attentive you know when i'm mm -hmm. getting tired as well as i am for them so i would say that i've kind of learned to study with other people almost all the time now mm -hmm. so my study habits have changed a lot since 
undergrad, but I would say that it's it's been a better experience because I actually kind of enjoy studying more because you're surrounded by people. I'm a pretty social person, so it's nice this to be able true. to yeah. <laughs> it's nice to be able to study, but maybe, you know, we're at a coffee shop or something so we can take like a 10-minute break and talk about things, get our minds recharged and everything and then get back into the material. So that mm-hmm. helps me a lot stay energized and able to get through the amount of material that we have to get through. Um, Cause I know in our classes, sometimes we've had, I mean, 10 hours of lecture or something. Mm-hmm. And a couple food, days you know, until tur- like the, the next turnover quiz, is yeah. maybe 30 hours and you have to know all that material. So it can be, I think it can be a burnout experience. So do you have like a set amount of time that you try to study every day or per week? I don't know that I have a, like a time schedule that I plan out, but it was more like what you said before. I think about, how the schedule is in our week and I go, okay, it's Wednesday and I have this much time, you know, till we have class on Friday. So I usually just kind of plan it with like a 48 hour time period in mind of, okay, I just need to know when the next class is. And I focus really hard on what's coming up next. Usually for me, like by the time it gets to like 11 PM at night, my brain is usually fried no matter, (laughs) no matter what. So I kind of say to myself, okay, it's done. Game this over. is done for the day. However, I always study before we walk into class the next day. So I mm-hmm. always give myself that last minute check over, even if it's just skimming some slides, just trying to place back in my brain to be fresh for the material that we have learned. And that usually helps me a ton. So I give myself the chance to rest at night and say, okay, I've, I've been as productive as I can be for this yes. day. And this day is done. Give myself some rest. And then sleep is important. I feel is. like that's one thing a lot of people don't do. Yeah. As much as they should. It's definitely very important. Um, I'm also I'm not an expert at sleep hygiene. I have, <laughs> <laughs> I have plenty of people in this program um, and advisors who support me in reminding me that it's very important to get your sleep. And definitely. I can definitely tell that my productivity, my mood, my effectiveness as a student and a leader is not as good when I haven't had my sleep. So it's definitely something that's very important. And I know a lot of times as students, it's really hard to find your, you know, to get your schedule where you feel like you can get enough rest. But it definitely is something that I feel like we have to make a priority in order to be healthy people. Yes. Um, that's something I'm, I'm hoping I, sh- I actually do this year. It's like one of my one of my goals. Yeah, that's definitely something that, that I want to be part of my daily routine um, moving forward. And I think it it just goes to show to being I mean, we are learning how to be on the healthcare team that takes care of patients. But we have to remember that we are also people yes. and we can't run on empty forever. Yeah. And eventually that will lead to burnout if you don't take care of yourself, too. So, and I know a lot of times in our curriculum, we talk about self-care yes. and how important that Definitely. is, not only for the people that we're caring for, but ourselves too. So we went ahead and talked about your daily routine, how you study. Now, another big thing for students is extracurricular activities, mm-hmm. meaning all the different student organizations that we have, the multiple fraternities. My question for you is, how do you decide which extracurricular activity you want to join? How do you know if you want to run for a position? Um, as far as like, is this a personal interest, maybe something to boost your CV, maybe a little both, you know, so just your process with that. Yeah. So the extracurriculars in our program, for me, I think they're very needed, um, no matter what area of pharmacy you want to go into. And it's not just because it will be a CV boost or, or look good on your resume, but 
it gives you experiences uh-huh. and it helps you when you come into pharmacy school. I mean, for me, I didn't really know too much about all that there was in pharmacy, where exactly I wanted to go when I started here and what I was looking to do. So I think the extracurriculars really help you find yourself almost in the pharmacy world and give you an opportunity to practice your soft skills and learn how to develop yourself professionally and personally along the way. So I definitely think that they're needed no matter who you are or what student. Now, I think the bigger question is that we always get into is how involved do you want to be? And I think that has to come with a lot of self-reflection on knowing how much you can handle and knowing how to keep it balanced in your life. Because we have so many, I mean, we have so many organizations um, and so many acronyms. (laughs) So there's pretty much, I think for any interest, there's an organization that is offered. You'll find something that you're interested in for sure. Yes, most definitely. And I think for me... The, the way that I kind of got involved was I looked at where my interests were in pharmacy. So if I thought to myself, okay, I'm really interested in this population mm-hmm. or I like doing these kinds of events or I like creating these kinds of ideas. I thought about all those things and brainstormed that for myself and where my interests were. And then I started to look for positions or organizations where that could be fulfilled. A lot of students, I know, because we're both ambassadors here on the campus, I know when we have first-year students come in and they ask at our organization fairs and everything, like, what should I get involved in? How do I know? I always... Number one question. Yeah. (laughs) But it's hard hard because there's so many. Um, But I usually always say, you know, find out where you want to make a difference. Think about the ideas you have for change. Think about the problems that you see and how you want to fix them. And then find the position that goes with that. Don't simply look for a position because if you don't come to the table with the ideas and the passion and the work ethic for it, then once you get in the position, then it's hollow if you don't really know what to do with it. Um, And then you won't won't enjoy it. Like that's that's something that I always tell people, whether it's at like student ambassador events or like any incoming 1PDs, it's just the fact that this is something that you want to do. Like nobody's forcing you Mm -hmm. to join these organizations or run for positions. So this should be something that you want to do and something that you're passionate about. And you'll know you're passionate about it because ideas will just flow. Like um, we were just discussing about Mm -hmm. some events that we would like to do this year and the ideas were just flowing. And it just came so natural because this is what we want to do. And that's that's part of it, too, because it should be fun. There should be an aspect of fun fun. in this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think. Um, we can forget that when the semester is going and we're super stressed and we're studying every day. But one of the reasons I first joined pharmacy school and came here was because it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, you know, pharmacy related things, the material that we learn. I enjoy being in the organizations and being involved. So I think you should also be constantly checking yourself. You know, when you're showing up to meetings, when you're showing up to events, are you happy to be there? Are you happy to you know, yeah. see the people that are there, the teams that you're working with. Are you are you enjoying that time? Because that should definitely be part of it. I think when we lose that, it's time to reevaluate and say, okay, what's the motivation for me being in this mm-hmm. position, or what's the motivation that um, I'm part of this organization? Because there should always be 
a sense of fun implemented into that. And although although it can't be like that 100% of the time, of and you're going to yeah. run into... You're going to have to put in work, for sure. <laughs> you're going to run into times where it is hard and you're really yeah. tired. And More stress like added to your plate besides like the normal um, school curriculum mm-hmm. and then like whatever's going on with your family, at home life, everything else you got to do, work as well. Some people look at it as like it's an added stress. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I always say, as you were saying, to just go ahead and pick something that you're truly passionate about. And that way it kind of like rejuvenates you. Yeah, which it it can be an added stressor, but it should also be rejuvenating to you. Mm -hmm. So for me, any of the leadership positions that I've chosen that I'm involved in, for me, it kind of gives me life. You know, like it is it is a thing that I thrive on. I love um, I love the reward that comes from it. And that's not to say reward isn't an accolade or an award given to me, but the reward is seeing the people that you've impacted within the world of pharmacy to see patients that you impact to, you know, to see maybe like a program that you created or an event that you ran and see that it made a positive difference in other people's lives. And I think the term leadership for me is all about service. When you are a leader, whether you're what we talk about as little L leaders or big (laughs) Big L leaders, you know, depending on your position. And sometimes you don't even have to have an official position at all. But you can lead other people and you can influence other people, but that all comes down to how you're serving them and how you're helping to ignite their passions and their projects and helping them to be the best person they can be, help them to be the best pharmacy student they can be. That's one of the most exciting things for me, even to coming in this year, um, being president of some of the organizations is working with my officers and seeing all their great ideas flow as we talk about kind of what we hope for in this coming year. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my like most fun parts <laughs> is because they'll come up with these great ideas. And I'm like, I couldn't have thought yeah. of that at all. But because you can be someone who is encouraging to that and help them form those ideas and bring it to reality, like that is the coolest thing to watch the people that you're working with come up with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you see it, happen later in the year and you see those things and you see the reception that it gets from other people it's it's just pretty much the most rewarding experience and that's really one of the reasons that i love being involved and love being part of our organizations what is something that you were able to walk away and take home with that Mm -hmm. you feel like you'll be able to apply in the future when you're working as a pharmacist i think there were thoughts i had coming in before pharmacy school because i had been previously involved within my community and within undergrad and and other things so I had held other leadership positions or done extracurricular activities which I think most people have some form of experience with that Mm -hmm. when they come into pharmacy school I didn't but yes (laughs) (laughs) but you I mean I'm sure you had other experiences in your daily life where you were still leading people you were still working on a project or something like that so we all have that in our daily lives I think when I came to pharmacy school, though, the biggest difference, too, which we talk about all the time, the whole pharmacy is a small world mm-hmm. concept, yeah. is that you really start to see how close-knit the community of pharmacy is. So I think in terms of that, when you start to become part of organizations and work on projects with each other and become part of teams, you really get to learn You get to learn a lot about how individuals work, where their strengths and weaknesses are. And I think what I have brought out of working with many different kinds of people is how to navigate that, I think, a little bit better, how to like mediate when things come up or 
you know, different personalities. Yeah. Because um, I think I think at any time, no matter what group you work with, um, even when we come to our teams, you know, when we're assigned our teams at the beginning of the year, everyone has different personalities. Everyone works very differently. And so I have really gained a lot from, I think, being exposed to that in every situation we've been in in pharmacy. And for me, it's helped a lot to be able to step back and realize that, okay, like, I'm going to see a situation in my own view and my perspective um, is going to be very different from the person sitting next to me or the people on my team, even though we're looking at the same goal or the same purpose, basically. And so it's learning how can we how can we take all those individual perspectives, though, and kind of compromise with each other and form something that became becomes like the same mental map towards where we want to go. Um, Reaching that same goal. Yeah. And so I think for me, that's definitely taught me to to learn. It, it kind of teaches you to learn that it's not all about you in mm-hmm. a sense, because I think there's a lot of times where, you know, if you're independently working on a project, you get to make all those decisions and you get to say, OK, I'd really like to do this and I want to add this detail in here. And you kind of form the idea the whole way. But when you're working with other people, there are going to be times where someone comes up with an idea that's way better than yours. And you have to learn when to say, OK, my idea really isn't the best idea for yeah. who we're helping. Um, it teaches you a lot of humility. Yeah, um, pride. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it humbles you. It, does, it definitely humbles it, it you. It certainly does because you have to think, okay, am I doing this to make myself look better? Yeah. Or am I doing this because we really want to make this the best scenario that it can be for other people? So that's, I think, been one of the biggest lessons I've learned. I've also learned to be able to celebrate other people's victories in a sense. Oh, that's so hard. It doesn't... It doesn't have to be a competition of, you know, we're going to do my idea because I really want this to happen or your idea. That's hard. Um, I don't think it has to be a competition. I think we can really learn to celebrate whose idea is the best at the time for the, you know, for what our purpose is, for what we're working towards. And that in turn, I think, creates a more motivated team, um, a team that's able to work with each other better. Because they know that you're not only in it for you and you're able to compromise with people. Yeah, you're able to to let go sometimes. Exactly. And it's like at the end of the day, it's always for, like you said, whatever the outcome, whatever the goal is, Mm -hmm. whoever, if it's for patients you're trying to treat, if it's something that you're trying to come up maybe for animals or whatever the case may be, as long as it's the best for them. If I feel like if everybody on the team knows that, they can respect you as a leader. And that's someone that they would want to follow and want to work with or work under. Because you want what's best for the outcome, not what's best for you. And, and that was, that's something that I definitely, I would say I learned as well, was like trying to not let pride get the best of you yeah. and be like, but I really want it to be done this way. Yeah. But in actuality, like this person's idea might actually be better. And it's like, now you have to humble yourself and be like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Like, even though I might have the title, like somebody else had a better idea than I did. And you just have to be humble and realize that and give them the attention and the shine. Yeah. And it, and it is difficult. And I, I work on it every day. Um, but I think it does make you a better leader mm-hmm. if you can learn how to do that. Um, and it makes you better able to work with other people and to have better outcomes. And like we even say, when we're talking specifically healthcare outcomes and being patient centered, 
we have to remember that it, it is not about us. It's about the patient. Yeah. How are we going to help them with their health, their mental health, physical health, um, emotional well-being? Because they won't know whose idea it was for yeah. this, you know? And all those things are important. And that's not to say, though, that you shouldn't defend something if you think yeah. something is unsafe. You know, always mm-hmm. be prepared to say, hey, no, like this is a danger zone kind of thing. If you know that there's something going wrong, because our first obligation is always to make sure that our patient is safe. So if there's something that is, you know, kind of emergency situation where you need to be able to stand tall in that and defend something. Don't be afraid to speak up. Yeah, exactly. But there's a balance in it. So and, definitely. And you were talking about how pharmacy is such a small world. And something that I've noticed with you is that you're, you naturally network. You know, with, with some people, it kind of feels like it might be a little forced. Um, but you, I feel like you build a natural rapport with fellow students, with teachers with strangers even and um that could play to people on the bus you know back in in Gainesville (laughs) Gainesville. I would meet people on the bus and we would have like hour-long conversations on the Mm -hmm. way home but (laughs) and it's 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 so natural and it's an amazing thing to watch so just kind of wondering like how do you naturally network is this just something innate inside of you (laughs) that none of us could copy or is it just something that I guess maybe it's just who you are you know you could bring that out of you everybody could bring this um out of them yeah, I I definitely think that, that it is something that everyone has the ability to do. For me, coming into pharmacy, I would say that the reason that you might say something like that, you know, that I like am a natural networker, mm-hmm. that I know how to talk to people or get along with people, is that for me, it's really been a lifestyle thing. So I grew up in a family that really promoted living that way, mm-hmm. kind of... Um, when I was younger, I was actually really, really shy as a child. Oh, really? Me too. I was. I was very shy. and I was a mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> I might be too much info. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was really shy, and my mom actually, you know, she was like, nope, you're not, you're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't so much not allowing me to be myself, but she taught me, she taught me how to not be afraid when you're, when you're talking to someone you don't know or a new person. So... Even from a young age, all through grade school and high school and to college like that, I was constantly exposing myself to situations kind of purposely to make myself uncomfortable so I could oh, get over being uncomfortable. Okay. That makes sense. So no, that makes perfect sense. Like even in middle school, I used to tell my mom, you know, okay, I want to play soccer, but I don't know if I should. And she's like, just do it. Because even like, even if you get the rejection, even if you get the no, like you did it. So just try. Like you at least need to try. And, and, so, and to touch on mm-hmm. the rejection thing, I think the more you expose yourself to stuff, not saying you want to get rejected all the time, but yeah. like you oh, feel rejection. It yeah. <laughs> it, it hurts, but it's like the more you get used to it, you realize like it's not that big of a deal. You kind of get exposed to it and you realize, oh, it's not the end of the world. Like life still goes on. You're mm-hmm. still able to enjoy yourself. Like it's okay. Yeah. And so I think I got used to like being uncomfortable in a sense. Yeah. So I would try out for all the sports teams I wanted. I would run for the class president if I wanted. I would, um, if I had a cool idea for a community service project, I would pitch it, you know, to the teacher or the administrator, mm-hmm. whoever was listening to see if it's something that was possible. So it kind of taught me, you know, you don't know unless you try. So turning that into a networking scenario, when we go to conferences or we're in class or we go places where you're meeting new pharmacists or other people. I think that in order to 
network well or, or get to know people better. It's you have to be able to be okay with who you are and know mm -hmm. who you are as a person in order to walk up to somebody and say, hey, you know, my name is introduce yourself to start a conversation like that. And so, like I said, I think just the fact of I had done so many things already where yeah. I was uncomfortable that I was okay with feeling kind of awkward or feeling like, okay, I don't know necessarily the exact words to say, but I'm going to try. I would say in networking. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, it sounds like almost like your mother kind of started this and then you kind of took it yourself where it's like you kind of trained yourself to become a networker. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's something you do not only in pharmacy, but you do in your daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. From like, as you said, yeah. like being young, like starting off with sports and now it's like on the bus, you just talk to strangers yeah, and it's and like, you just build a rapport and it's almost like you, you've learned how to communicate with people. Exactly. So it, it's a communication thing. And I think most of all, it's a relationship thing mm -hmm. because when I say, you know, to go network, it's not, the purpose should not be, okay, I, I want something from this person. So I want to go network with them in order to get something from them. It should be genuine. So it's not to say like you need to, it's not to say that you need to make yourself so uncomfortable that, okay, like I'm really not interested in what they're talking about, but I'm going to go, you know, talk mm -hmm. to them anyway, because I want something from them. From them yeah. um, it should really be, it should really be you finding the right people that maybe like share interests that you have for pharmacy or just being okay with yourself and knowing that, okay, I'm going to meet some new people today and that's going to be okay. And you kind of have to like talk to yourself yeah. like that and, and talk about that because it really is, it's building a relationship and that's not something that happens like with a one conversation. But I would say that because pharmacy is such a small world, the one conversation that you have at a conference with someone could turn into a second conversation you have when they are a speaker at your campus. Mm -hmm. And then a couple months later, you might see them when we go to legislative days in Tallahassee. And then after legislative days, you might see them at another conference, you know, when you go back the yeah. next year. So, and I think that each of those conversations ends up building a relationship. Then, at least in my case, you know, those relationships have built something so strong for me in terms of, you know, I've found great mentors who really poured into me um, and been able to help me in my professional development. Um, once you know people and you feel more connected, then it doesn't feel so uncomfortable. Like when mm -hmm. you walk in to the next conference or you walk in to the next talk or whatever, you have people that you know now. It's not a, ro yeah. it's not a room full of strangers anymore. Yeah, like you're not alone. Um, you definitely feel more connected. I would say like definitely, yeah, the one like be genuine, you know, be yourself and that's okay. It's really okay to be awkward or not know exactly what to say. I've gotten really good at just being direct and I go up to people and I shake their hand. Hi, I'm Riley. I'm from UF Pharmacy. Um, I'm a third year student and I'm really interested in the kind of pharmacy you do. What can you tell me about it? Or what's your story? You know, how did you get into this type of pharmacy? And the pharmacists that I've met, they've been really receptive and really willing to tell you their story and tell you where they came from because their stories usually have so much wisdom in them that we can all use as students, no matter which area you're wanting to go into. It's like they're givers. I feel like a lot of pharmacists <laughs> we meet are givers. Like they want to give you information. They want to help mm -hmm. you. And it makes sense because we have patients and, you know, they want to help their patients. But it's like even with everyday people, they just want to help and like be of service to you. Yes. And I think um, I think we all need to remember that, that the people who are before us in the pharmacy world, 
you know, when they see students, a lot of pharmacists that I met, like, they're really excited to see mm -hmm. us as students because we're the next generation exactly, of yeah. pharmacy, and we're going to work with them someday. And they, they want to know what we're interested in, who we are as people, where we want to go in the world of pharmacy, and they're super willing to share, you know, their wisdom, their mm -hmm. knowledge, where they made mistakes, how we can be better from that. Um, so I think it's really important because if you're too afraid of the networking and you don't try and you don't give the effort, you miss out on so much opportunity. Um, because I think for me, it's really enriched my experience in school to be able to do that. It's provided me mentors, it's provided me friends, it's provided me people that I know that I will work with and talk to long after we go to pharmacy school. So it's really kind of changed the whole experience for me. So I would say too, because I know it's kind of hard to say like, know yourself. And be able to <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like the, yeah. <laughs> the most typical thing that people say to someone. So it's just like, okay, yeah, like, all right, that's really gonna help me network. <laughs> so I think like when you're talking specifically about that, it's like, be able to like, we talk about it a lot too, is like the elevator speech, like, be able to directly know how to talk about yourself. So if someone asks you, who are you? Be able to come up with a few points that really describe personality, your work ethic, you know, what's the most important things to you, um, whether it's pharmacy or like in life and things like that. And I think that we do that along the way in pharmacy school. It's kind of, we are finding out who we are, where we want to fit in in the world of pharmacy yeah. and, and how, how we want to work in, in that world. So I think if you can, if you can pinpoint some of those things, that really helps a lot when you're talking to someone new, because when you walk up to someone, you know, like before I knew you yeah. as Joven in my class, like when we walk up to each other, it's like, okay, who are you? Yeah. You need to be able to say like just a couple direct things that really can pinpoint. Okay. Like I don't know much about them, but I know at least like, you know, these couple these things, personality yeah. points or these couple things that tells me about their work ethic and things like that. So. All right. Awesome. Um, just just to recap, you were you're listing like uh, so you said, number one, be genuine. Mm -hmm. Number two, don't be afraid. Yeah, like, I say try to try to reduce the fear mm -hmm. or if you have fear, do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm hmm. And I'd say just number three, remember it's relationship building for sure. It's about the rela the relationship. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Capsule Production Podcast. Tune in for our next episode, which will be a continuation of this one. In episode three, we will again feature a current third-year student, Riley O'Donnell, on the topic of being a successful pharmacy student.